Now let's praise Jesus 10 times higher than you just clapped me. We honour you, Jesus. We lift up your name. We declare, we decree there is no other name for us than your name, Jesus. We ask that you would speak to us in these few moments. We ask, Lord, that you would change our lives from the inside out. Lord Jesus, pour out your spirit, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amahoro. Amahoro. Say that with me. Amahoro. That's how you say good morning in Korundi, in, uh, in Burundi. Uh, Imana Shimwe. Say it with me. Imana Shimwe. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. You just turn to someone, say, get ready. And you can take your seat. Don't take it anywhere. Just keep it right there. Hey, we just want to give you a big shout out from your church family in Melbourne. We are so grateful that we do life and do ministry and do missions together. I honour my pastor, my pastors, Pastor Jack and Pastor Carol, who have backed us, believed in us, uh, helped us, supported us in so many ways that you would not know, but we are grateful. And it is such an honour on a Mission Sunday to be here with you. I've literally just hopped off the plane only a few days ago. I did not clean my shoes. Yes, I'm preaching with dirty shoes, but I praise God for these shoes. Because with these shoes that still have the dust of Africa on them, I've literally knelt in widows' homes. On your behalf, I've hugged orphans. On your behalf, I've been able to distribute some support to abandoned women who've been raped. In your name, I've been able to walk through our hospital there in Bukavu and pray for patients and see God heal instantly with my own eyes. And I've seen the care of that staff as day after day they just pour out their lives in Jesus' name and can do what they do because they have a backing from a group of Aussies in Australia and then they have a backing from a, some Yanks in Phoenix and uh, Imaginations Church. We are helping the gospel. Go to everyone, everywhere. It's not a cliche. It's not an aspiration. It's something that we're doing day after day, day after day. I have to say to you that the calibre of our partners, the extraordinary faithfulness of our partners is the thing that has just impacted me. To uh, work with Craig Reese and the team there at Sister Connection, Mama Joy, who leads uh, uh, the Burundi uh, ministry there, building homes for widows. Do you know that we've together just constructed our 300th home? And while I was there, yeah, praise God. But while I was there, the funds from In Church Global, came in again for another 25 homes. 
I'll say more about homes in a moment. Jesus said, well, it's not what the word says. Actually, the word says, the king will reply. The king will reply. The king of kings and lord of lords, his name who is supreme, will say to you, truly I tell you, Whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will say, will say, whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. Jesus is describing what's going to happen when he returns. Not if he returns, but when. He returns. He's painting a picture of what it's going to be like when he comes as the king, when he returns as king of kings. And he says that people are going to be separated one from another like sheep and goats. And Jesus is going to say to them, I was hungry. And you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was ill and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the righteous at that moment are going to say, Lord, when did we do all of those things? And Jesus says these incredible words. The king says these incredible words, whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. You did to me. Jesus so identifies with the poor and the needy and the broken that when you and I are involved in ministry to the poor and the needy and the broken, he says, you did it to me. You honoured me. You worshipped me. You cared for me. You provided for me because Jesus' heart is with the poor and the lonely and the destitute and the broken and the forgotten and the abandoned. God has been speaking to me over the 23 days we were in East Africa and said, what we are doing in missions is good. It's good, but it's more than good. It's holy. It's holy. There's a holy thing that you and I are called to. It's a holy thing. Holy. Holy means set apart for his pleasure. I don't know why every church doesn't do missions why we, why, the same way we do. Well, that's above my pay grade. What I know is that God has put a mantle and an imprimatur on you and on me and on our other churches to make his last command our first priority, to reach people with the gospel everywhere, everyone, everywhere. There is a holy thing we're consecrated. We're consecrated. It just we set apart. We set apart. We set apart for His pleasure. 
There's something pleasurable in the heart of God when the poor and the needy and the broken have someone who would come down alongside them and say, you are not in this alone. There is a God who cares for you and he's with you. And we're not just saying we love Jesus. We're not telling people God loves you. We are, but we're showing them that God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the God who provides, who provides, who provides in desperate circumstances that we can barely imagine. If you've been on a missions trip, you might have a little inkling. If you see the videos month after month, you might have a tiny bit of insight. But to be on the other end of a faith promise, to be on the other end, a person who's receiving on the other end, they're not just receiving some money. They're not just receiving a house or a well or an operation. They're receiving that which is holy. This is a miracle. This could not have happened unless God provided it, unless God enabled it. This is a holy and beautiful and amazing thing. Holy, consecrated to his purpose. That's what you are called to. We're called to be his pleasure and we're called to his purpose. We're called, we're anointed with a desire for his plan and his plan is that none should perish and all have eternal life. For the last three weeks, I feel like I have been seeing our mission's vision in action, taking that which was common ground and making it holy ground. Coming and taking that which was just common and making it holy, dedicated unto the Lord. In Burundi together across our churches, we are seeing every day widows transformed. I just had the privilege, once a year, Sister Connection brings together widows and orphans who are part of the home building program and they have camps, massive camps. Thousands of people attend these camps. We just were part of a youth camp and then there was a widow's retreat and and little kids camp. And then there was a young adults camp for 18 to 25s. We just saw a depth of worship and prayer and expectation in God. Well, I've just seen it that I've never seen before. I've seen people crying out to God. I've seen people who are so desperate for God that when the service is on at 9 o'clock, they're there at 6.30, praising and worshipping and seeking God. There's no issues with about being to church late. And you might think, you might laugh. But God wants us to honour him. We can be given to missions and not giving the king of kings his supreme authority and right. God is calling. He's not just asking you for your money. He's asking you for your heart. He's asking you to let those who are on the other end of missions, let their praise 
for the miracle rub off on you. He's wanting the miracle to rub off. He's wanting that sense of the holy, that holy awe to rub off on you and on me. I just saw people hungry for the presence of God. I saw the Holy Spirit move with power. I've never had 450 people give their hearts to Christ when I've preached before, but I have now. In fact, across the the camps, we saw about 1,500 people give their hearts to Christ. And the team were telling me these were first-time decisions. And I spoke to Craig Reese and I said to him, now, come on, Craig, I want to know exactly what this is. I don't, I've never been in Burundi before. I don't know the call. I don't know what's happening. Tell me what's going on here. And he said, Craig, we don't just build homes for Christians. In fact, most of these homes have been built just because these people are in need. They're at this camp because they've been so blessed, so encouraged that somebody would care for them, somebody would look to them, that they've just come. Just to come, just to say thanks to Sister Connection. Really, that was the purpose for them coming to the camps. And yet, person after person after person had an encounter with their saviour, Jesus. God, God is moving and he's moving because of your generosity. He's moving because of your heart for others. He's moving. But get this, I want to move. (laughs) I want to move as he's moving. I don't want to just feel like I'm just giving my money and it's like, okay, off off you go, God. You do your thing. I want to be part of the thing. I want more and more my heart to be consumed with the cause of the king so that what is common is made holy. At the end of the widow's camp, And I know some of the women here experienced this in 2019. My dear wife's told me about this, but nothing could prepare me for it. Think about this. Burundi is the poorest nation on earth. Just think about that. And why are we building homes for widows? Because in so many situations, when a husband dies, the next closest male relative on his side, will come along and repossess the land and the home. And the woman and the kids, doesn't matter how old the kids are, are turfed out. Where was the woman before we built her a home? Most commonly where she was is she had found uh, where the ground dipped down, a hole, and the, the countryside is very much like Australia. In fact, there's eucalyptus trees everywhere, except there's no old growth eucalyptus because because commodities are so expensive, because even something like wood to cook on your fire is so expensive. People were chopping down all the trees. When you chop down a green gum tree, what grows are saplings. So there are saplings everywhere. So women will cut down those saplings and they'll put them across a hole. And then they'll try, if they can, to find plastic garbage bags or something like that. And they'll try and weave them in between so that when it rains, partly their 
not wet. But you imagine water going into a hole. Everything's going to get wet. That's where the woman was. That's where her kids were. Before our partner sister connection came along and said, can we help you in Jesus' name? And sister connection can't do that without you. In fact, Craig Reese told me that of all the churches in the world that support sister connection, Imaginations Church lifts the largest. It li- we lift the largest. I was in homes with widows visiting them. And I suddenly Craig would say to them, Pastor here is from the church that built you this home. And I'd have women at my feet crying. And I was soon on my knees beside them or trying to lift them up and saying to them, no, 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 no. Thousands of people were involved in this. It's not me. Thousands of people were involved in this. A a depth of gratitude, a depth of wonder, a depth of praise and honour, not of you and me, but of the King. Whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. The widows at the end of their camp, and many of them have got nothing, and I mean that. I mean, when we went into their homes, they would borrow chairs off neighbours, sometimes two and three kilometres away, so that our team had a seat in their home, because regularly they don't even have a seat. These widows wanted to bring a thank offering to God. Well, they've got no money, so what do you do? You bring food off your table. And so these women came dancing, honouring, praising God, baskets on their head to bring offerings of food at the end of their camp. I'm looking at it going, how can the poor do this? This is the stuff that Paul talked about of the church in Macedonia who gave out of their poverty. How could they do this? And then to learn... Well, you think you've seen the poorest of the poor? (laughs) There's a people called the Batwa people. Colloquially, they were called the Pygmy people. Don't use that term. They're they're the Batwa people. The Batwa people are hunter-gatherer tribe within Burundi, and over these successive wars that have been there, they've been completely displaced, and the government has provided reserves for them. Where was the offering going? The offering was going to feed every Batois family. Every Batois family. I don't know why God would enable us the great immense honour and privilege to be those that would distribute that offering, but we were. And the singing and the dancing and the praise and the honour and the glory to God that is given because of the offering that came. In 2019, when our team was there, our Melbourne and Sydney team, the Batois were not accepting homes of sister connection. They're living in grass mounds. They look like piles of hay. 
uh, but they've got an interior to them. But whenever it rains, they're rained on. Thankfully, over the last couple of years, Sister Connection have been working with them in a number. In one village, there's now seven of our homes. In the other village, there is now ten. And then I got to learn of how people who are waiting for a home are now having multiple families stay in their home as they wait for a home. Like this, this generosity, this praise of God, this thanksgiving, this sense of what has been provided is an absolute miracle that has come from heaven in people. And you and I just ask ourselves, well, above our tithe, what could I afford? <laughs> what could I sacrifice? And what faith could I add? Oh, it's more blessed to give than receive. But in the midst of the giving, God wants you to not lose sight of the holy. The holy. It's a holy thing that you are doing, that I am doing. I think I'm making it hard for the team out the back, but I'm sorry. I just want to pull up the photo of Benet. When I went into the uh, Batois village, I kept seeing a man. He's a blind man. And I was saying to the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And it wasn't clear. And we're giving the food and people are praising God and we're doing all the you know, wonderful things. And I really felt, I said to my future son-in-law, Duke, who was doing videography for me, I said, Duke, I need to take a video here. And, uh, and so we set up a shot and there was the former house, Ras house, in the foreground and the sister connection home that's been built in the background and, and I shot a video. You might see it sometime, I don't know. But when I finished, Mama Joy, who leads Sister Connection, came over to me and she said, Pastor, uh, that grass home is, is, is not a widow's home. And I said, whose home is it? And she said, it's the blind man there. Bene, Bene, in Kurundi means goat. And it's a, it's a put down. He's the laughing stock of the village. He, he's the one who's put down. He's the least of the least in the, among the poorest of the poor. And Mama Joy said to me, the problem we have, Craig, is we have to stay on mission. Our mission is to widows and orphans. If we begin to be known that we provide homes for anyone, we will be overrun. Such is the need. And I get that. But I said to Mama quietly, if I paid for his home, could Sister Connection build it? And she said, absolutely. There's a photo of him uh, when we just told him he's going to get a home. He said to me, God has just turned up here. 
Jesus is real. I can't deny it anymore. Jesus is real. Jesus is real. I'm running out of time, but I want to tell you one last story. Dr. Sosin and Batoko are the finest two Christians you will ever meet. Our partnership with them is absolutely magnificent. Uh, he is the most faithful, honest, trustworthy partner I've met. To see the hospital from what Pastor Jack and Rob would have seen back in 2011 to today, it's nothing short of a miracle that we've been part of. But of course, their hearts are so big that God just keeps dropping all sorts of things their way. What we do in the prison is extraordinary. I haven't got time to talk to you about the prison today. What we do in the abandoned widow's home is extraordinary. I don't know if you've got daughters, I've got six. But the average girl that ends up in Hope, Haven of Hope, which is our abandoned women's program, is 15 to 17. A girl in Congolese society who's been raped and falls pregnant is often then considered dead to her family. And what do these girls do? If you'd put up the photo, please, of Nabintu team, I just want to tell you Nabintu's story as I wrap up. Nabintu is 16, and a month ago she gave birth to her beautiful boy just there. Nabintu last year was 15, and her mum asked her if she would go get something from her grandma's house. While she was going to grandma's house, a man attacked her, raped her in a field, and left her abandoned. Her wounds from that event were horrific. Namintu, in her trauma, eventually made it back to her mum, and she told her mum what had happened, and her mum said nothing. What her mum did is went into uh, where she slept, gathered up her belongings into a bag, came out and said, be gone. When Dr. Sosin and Batoko found Nabintu, she'd not eaten in eight days. She had suffered great trauma, both mentally, physically, spiritually, physically, there were all sorts of things that needed to be sorted that I won't describe in this public context. Over months, Nabintu has been loved in Jesus' name. She's been cared for in Jesus' name. She has been clothed and fed in Jesus' name. She's been given a safe place in Jesus' name. Over the last six months, Nabintu has been retrained. Like she's a kid, but she's lost school. She's lost, she used to, used to sing in a church choir. 
She has the most gorgeous voice. She sang for us while we were there. Nabintu is now learning. She's learnt the art of basket weaving. Well, Melissa, can you just... Don't worry about the bids. It's not just basket weaving, it's designer... It's designer handbags. Like, if we could get these from the Congo, they'd sell like hot cakes. All of you would buy one. Even you, Andrew. <laughs> In, on your behalf, Dr. Sosin said, 30 US dollars would change her life. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, she's done the training, but she doesn't have the supplies to start her business. So on your behalf, and in Jesus' name, I made sure I gave her more than he said. And she, I give her the money. And she's at my feet with this beautiful little bub. And I'm on my knee with her and I'm saying, sweetheart, this is not me. There's thousands of people behind this. We all believe in you and we all back you. And she said, why is God being so kind to me? And I said to her, because God is calling you to a great future filled with hope. He just wants your eyes to be fixed on him. Hope does not leave us disappointed, the Apostle Paul said. Hope is one of the three things that will remain. Faith, hope and love. Hope is important. You and I are doing a holy thing. A holy thing. Every time we give our faith promise. We are doing a holy thing when we recognise that we are all called to be missionaries in this dark world. Every time you give a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, every time you visit someone who is sick or in prison, every time you provide for somebody in need, it's a holy thing because Jesus says, I him right there. What you're doing to the least of these, you've done to me. You've done to me. I don't know where you're at with God today. I don't know. For those of you who are Christian, I don't know where your heart is at with regard to missions. Has it become something that is just so part of tradition here at Imaginations that we do it, but our heart is not in it? God is saying, render your heart back to me. God is saying, recognise the holy in the midst of the common. You just see it as money. God sees it as hope as life, as transformation, as healing, as causing miracles to be done. 
His kingdom come, His will done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how God sees it. Maybe today you need to render your heart before God and say, God, not in a cliched way, but this is, I don't have a better phrase. Break my heart again for the things that break your heart. Maybe right now you want to pray with me this way. Maybe right now. Maybe you might need to get on your knees. Maybe you might need to stand. Maybe you just need to sit there in your seat. Do position yourself however you need to position yourself. But let the Holy Spirit's anointing come upon you right now. How about we pray together? Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for including us in what you're doing on the earth. We thank you, Jesus, that your heart is with the poor and the needy and the broken and the vulnerable. We hear afresh, Lord, your word where you say, whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would cause such a softening in our hearts, such a breaking away of that which might have crusted it up, the cares and issues of life, that, Lord, we would have a heart soft again for that which is holy, for that which is consecrated and set apart. Lord, we thank you for this special thing that you have placed within Imaginations Church. We thank you for this mantle. We thank you for this enablement for us to reach the nations of the earth and reach everyone everywhere. God, there's so much more to do, but we thank you for what you are calling us to. Lord, we choose to submit ourselves to you afresh. We choose to come under your authority. Lord, would you cause our hearts to recognise the supernatural in the midst of the natural? Would you cause us to see where your spirit is moving? Would you cause us, Lord, to see others the way you see them? To respond to others the way you would respond to them? Jesus, we want to worship you with our whole heart with all our mind, with all our strength. We give you first and preeminent place in our life. And we thank you, Lord. We honour you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for including us in what you're doing on the earth. We pray your kingdom come. We pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to be kingdom bearers at all times and in all places. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I think I'll leave it to Mitch. Bless you.